The Calendar Thief by Peter Medawar Episode 4 Satyriton The horse jumped through the crackling leaves. They landed in a rustic village, lined with low wooden houses on stilts. As they rode down the dusty streets, Lily felt like a cowboy entering a ghost town. Swinging walkways linked the homes, and herds of cattle grazed in nearby fields. Everything was arranged in rows, even the cows, and the sweet farmyard smell reminded Lily of holidays in France. A narrow face poked out of a thatched doorway. People peered at them through slats, furtive, suspicious. After a while, they came to some stables shaped like beehives, with cream-coloured walls, black beams and dark thatched roofs. The punk dismounted. Lily held out her arms. Hey! He glanced up. Can you untie me? He led the horse over to a stable with rakes and scythes propped against the walls. Lily heard horses stamping inside. This is Satyriton, right? The punk grunted. Now she could hear clanking and men puffing and grunting, pulled Lily off the horse with one huge hand and took her into a stable lined with straw. She peered through the musky dust. Instead of troughs, there were barrels of water and instead of horses, there were centaurs. They had the lower forms of gazelle, zebra and wildebeest and from their haunches rose the muscular torsos of men. They clopped and stamped, their tails swishing behind them. At the back of the stable, Lily saw a group of female centaurs lying on a patch of straw, chatting and smiling. The male seemed more serious. Two muscular centaurs were standing to Lily's right, one flexing an iron barbell, the other spotting for him. Another pair was doing a kind of standing sit-up, Unlike the watchers in the huts, they seemed arrogant, brash. Lily tried to take it all in. For her, working out was pointless and boring. But these guys made it look heroic. Their great beards reminded her of a Sikh travel agent she'd once seen at Paddington Station. With the same fierce brows and warrior eyes. The same sense of majesty. Lily saw a punk much younger than Marcus, standing over a kind of barbecue. Every now and then one of the female centaurs would get up and help him with the grill, but on the whole, they seemed uninterested. Marcus cleared his throat, and the young punk looked straight at Lily. Everything about him seemed sharp, from his eyebrows to his black Mohican, even his slight smile. There was no fear in his eyes. Lily flushed. A voice floated above the clanking. Marcus? One of the centaurs came over to greet the punk. Marcus, thought Lily. Sounds a bit posh. Marcus Dark. How's business, Claude? The newcomer gave a sickly grin and rubbed his goatee. While the other centaurs were butch and tanned, Claude was pale as milk with a paunch. Business is good, business is good. I'm looking. 
For who? Dylan. Ah, you're after him too. Marcus arched an eyebrow. Who else? Claude grinned. Bits of food were stuck between his teeth. His eyes were so close they were almost touching, and Lily didn't like his ponytail. It's important, yeah? Yeah. Claude glanced around the stables. You really want to know? Yes. It'll cost you. The centaur winked. In sugar. Marcus grabbed Claude's neck so quickly Lily jumped back. The centaur gasped, but didn't struggle. Just stared over his shoulder, the grin never leaving his face. There was a slow clang of barbells dropping and the clop of hooves on the dusty floor. A trio of centaurs gathered behind Claude. Marcus continued squeezing. Who's looking for Dylan? Claude was getting redder and redder. His tongue lolled from his mouth. There was the sound of more hooves. Lily turned to see a group of centaurs pointing their crossbows at Marcus's back. Uh, Marcus? For a moment, there was a standoff. Then, slowly, Marcus released Claude and pulled a small purple bag from his robe. Lily watched as he untied it, rolled out a lump of brown sugar and handed it to Claude. The centaur crunched it down slowly, grinning all the while. After a moment, he coughed and spat at the ground between Marcus's feet. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Marcus blinked several times. Claude spat again. It was an angel. An angel? From Zenith? Ah, they're all from Zenith, my friend. What did it say? She told me lots of things. She wanted to talk to Dylan and find out about that. He jabbed a finger at Lily. Marcus grunted. Angel's a spy. Nah. Talks too much. Lily felt a surge of excitement. It had to be Celeste. Marcus looked around. Cynics here? Nah, no cynics. They never come here. The punk gave the thinnest of smiles. Never. It's a dangerous word, Claude. Marcus whistled. After a moment, his horse poked its head through a window. He went over and stroked its neck, and it pressed its head on his shoulders. Lily glanced over at the young punk. He was still looking directly at her, with his ever-so-slight smile, and felt confused. Marcus turned from his horse. Where's Dylan? Claude grinned and held out his hand. Marcus clicked the blade on his staff. Just then, a new voice came from inside the stables. Go. To the haystack. For the first time, Marcus seemed to notice he was surrounded by centaurs. Their bronze spears were pointing straight at him. Slowly, he reached into his robe. For a horrible moment, Lily thought he was going to fight. They get cut up in seconds. But then the punk pulled out his purple bag, rolled out a lump of sugar, and fed it to his horse. As it started crunching, two of the centaurs lowered their spears and backed away. Marcus went over to the entrance and turned to the centaurs. 
cynics are coming. Dylan The butterfly fluttered around Marcus's head as they trotted away from the stables. Lily's head was whirling. She felt very confused. She wanted to see more of the young punk, but she was excited about finding Dylan too. The air was dry and dusty, and she was thirstier than ever. They passed vineyards loaded with grapes and paddocks full of goats and wild horses. Soon they came to a courtyard, and in front of them was the biggest haystack Lily had ever seen, looming over them like a golden castle. Marcus cupped his hands to his face. Dylan! Nothing happened. Marcus shouted again. Lily sagged in the saddle, feeling hot and irritable, wondering when this wizard would appear. Dylan! Four heads popped out of the haystack. Marcus muttered something murderous under his breath. A figure bounded down the hay bales, hit the ground in a scrabble of legs and ran up to them. The horse neighed and snorted. The little man screeched a halt and stroked its neck. Lily could see he was a natural around animals. Marcus looked down at him grimly. Lily guessed Dylan was in his early twenties. He had the spotted legs of a cheetah, cocked and clawed, and he moved with the grace of a cat. From the waist up, he was sinewy and nut-brown, with bronze hair curling from his chest to his ears. He had coarse skin, a light beard, and manic eyes. Marcus's voice was grave. Dylan, we're looking for number four. The little satyr started patting his haunches. What? Dylan seemed fiercely preoccupied, trying to remember where he'd put something. Then he raised a finger. Ah, remembering. With a relieved smile, he reached behind his back and showed them a small purple bag. Marcus checked his robe, scowling like a gentleman who'd lost his wallet. Dylan gave a courtly bow, took a sugar cube from the bag and held it under the horse's nose, grinning like a magician. Marcus was furious. This is serious. The cynics are coming. The sugar bag shot up in the air. Dylan backed off, shaking his head like a frightened child. We leave now. But Dylan was losing interest, his eyes huge in his round face. As the horse bent down for more sugar, Marcus lost control of it, and Lily struggled against the rope, binding her hands. Dylan looked terrified. Lily's hopes of getting home felt further away than ever. As Marcus started threatening him, Lily croaked, Dylan, I'm thirsty. The satyr didn't seem to notice her. Marcus kept trying to bully him into coming, until Lily shouted, Dylan, I'm thirsty, please! The satyr stood completely still for a moment. Marcus held his breath. Dylan sprinted round the haystack and reappeared round the other side, carrying a pail of water. He ran to the horse and stood looking up at Lily. Well, Lily turned to Marcus. I can't drink with my hands tied behind my back, can I? You'll run. Where? He looked round, exasperated. Let me work on him. Nothing to lose, right? Lily was so hot she'd say anything to get a drink. Marcus twisted her round. 
A cold blade touched her wrists. Lily flinched, but the punk's cut was surprisingly delicate. Cool relief flushed through her arms. She was free. Gripping the stirrups, she slid down the horse to the ground. Dylan gave her the pail, and Lily just dunked her face in. The water was dusty, but she drank and drank and lay back on the sand. She got cramps and threw up, but otherwise felt fantastic. It took her a long time to stand up in the burning sunlight. Now she felt better, the haystack seemed to glow, turning from yellow to gold. Gold. At that instant, Lily remembered the doorframe. She turned to Dylan. Through golden grass, fall. The satyr took a step back. He bowed and swept out a hand to the haystack. Lily looked at Marcus. The punk scratched his neck. No, we stay together. Dylan tugged at Lily's pyjama sleeve, wide-eyed and imploring. He wants me to go with him. There were shouts from Satyriton. Marcus's horse whinnied. Slowly the punk drew his staff. They all looked up. A cloud rose from the forest and flowed over the village like a wave. Satyrs ran through the streets, running and shouting and swiping the air. At first Lily thought they were being attacked by a plague of flies, until one of them landed on Marcus's shoulder and spread its speckled wings like a fan. Butterflies! Soon the courtyard was full of satyrs. Lily watched as they leapt about and spun in the air, whirling and shrieking with delight. The butterflies swirled about in waves, mirroring the satyrs' movements like shoals of speckled fish. Some of them landed on Marcus's hood and he flicked them off with a grunt. The horse's tail swished and Lily felt the whisper of wings on her neck. All around her, the satyrs chattered and laughed and pointed at her pyjamas or imitated her lying on the ground and drinking like a dog. Grey hair and leopard legs pointed at Lily's key finger. The crowd gasped and cheered. Lily couldn't help grinning. She'd never felt so valued in all her life. In the confusion, Dylan pulled her towards the haystack and they were joined by more of his people. She thought she was sneaking off unnoticed but Marcus was watching as they climbed the golden bales. pulled up, feeling more and more confident. Whenever the slope was too steep, a satyr reached down and pulled her up until they reached a plateau at the top. There, Lily stood and pumped her arms like an explorer at the summit of a mountain. She took a look over the village and the forest beyond and felt the exhilaration of freedom. She felt proud of the ripples and the butterflies. If the red girl had scared this world into stillness, Lily was waking it up. From here she could see smoke rising from the stable roofs. She wondered what the sharp-faced punk was doing, and why he had smiled at her like that. What did that mean? Below her, the butterflies swirled around Marcus. Satyrs ran up to his horse, imploring him to dismount and dance with them but he ignored them. He looked isolated. Lily felt her finger burn in her fist. Her senses zoomed in, and for a moment, she felt his loneliness. It was as if a part of herself was still down in the courtyard with him. She imagined him back on the blue beach with his clan, staying at the back, 
because he didn't want to talk to anyone, and no one wanted to talk to him. She imagined him passing the third door. He was the only one to see her fall out onto the sand. The satyrs crowded around her, laughing and dancing. Dylan took Lily's hand and spun her across the top of the haystack.